Welcome to the sermon podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. We've been walking through the book of Luke together, and there's this certain point we get to where it seems that, you know, Jesus has been establishing who he is. You know, he's been doing miracles and teaching and, you know, just establishing who he is. Now, we know he doesn't firmly establish who he is until he dies on the cross and is resurrected. But on the way, there are some people who even before that point are beginning to be convinced. And they're his disciples, his followers. They're beginning to be convinced. But we get to a certain point in the middle of this book, in Luke chapter 9, where he starts issuing to them challenges. And there are these challenges, it's like, you know, if you really believe, then, you know, you'll, 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 you'll take a step, you know. It's a challenge, it's direct to you. I, I've told this story before, but like, I, when, uh, when I wanted to ask Perlene to marry me, I was very intimidated by her dad. I didn't, I didn't really want to talk to him about it. And uh, we were adults, you know, and I was just like, I don't. I don't need his, you know, I don't want to talk to him. And, uh, you know, I just asked her if she said yes, I'm good with that. And we were literally sitting in a church service on a Sunday. And as half of you do anyway, I wasn't paying a bit of attention to what the preacher was saying, right? All I was thinking about was this problem I had that I wanted to ask her to marry me, but I did not want to ask her dad if I could. And so in this service, I turn, you know, she knows it's coming, right? But I, I turn to her. This is before people, let me tell you, let me tell these young people something. What we used to do is we used to just ask them. There was no videographer. There was no planned event. There was no, we just knelt down somewhere and said, will you, you know, and You'd get your answer. It's real simple back then, okay? So, I, I mean, she knows it's coming. It's coming soon. And I said, I don't want to talk to your dad. Like, he scares me. I don't want to talk to him. She was like, and she said, I always thought the guy, I always pictured that the guy who married me would ask my father. And I said, like, well, you pictured the wrong guy. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I bet that picture, he didn't look like me. It was somebody else. Like, I don't know. And then she said, whispering in church, am I not worth it? I'm like, well, now you've gone and done it. Like, what are you talking? Like, what am I going to say to that? You know? No, you're not worth it. I'm like, now I have to ask him. Like, fine, I'll ask him. You know? Am I not worth it? See, you guys see the sweet little kind little whatever, but she knows how to throw that little thing in there. You know what I'm talking about? She knows how to run the show. You know, am I not worth it? So my point is, you know what a challenge is, right? You know what it's like to be challenged. Well, in Luke chapter 9, Jesus begins to throw some challenges out to his followers. And I want you to see what they are because they still exist today. They're the same challenges that you and I face if we're going to follow Jesus Christ 
These are the things that are on the table. There are four of them I want to share with you this morning. The first of them is what I'll call the personal security challenge. Now, none of us like to feel insecure, right? We don't like to feel insecure. We don't like to not know what's coming, not know what's going to happen. But let me read to you this, uh, this first three verses. He says, Jesus called the twelve together. He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So he's telling them, I'm sending you out. You're going to go. I'm not going with you. I'm sending you out on assignment. You go do it. Now, this is a scary thing. They've been with him. He's been doing these things. But he says, I'm authorizing you and giving you power to go out. And I'm going to, we're going to multiply. I'm going to, instead of all of us being together, I'm going to send you two over there. You two go that way. You two go that way. And, and I'm going to send you out for a couple weeks. And then we'll gather together. Okay? You go out and do it. It says in verse 3, though, he told them, do we have that scripture? Verse 3, we don't? All right. Verse 3 says, he told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Don't take anything with you. Now, here's my question. Would you go? I can picture a couple of my four children making this phone call to me. I can picture it, right? Hey, Dad, okay? And they're like, how's the mission trip going? It's going great. It's going great. We, we got a special assignment, you know? We're leaving the base, and we're going out, just me and one other, one other person. We're going out. We're, we'll be away from everybody else. Okay, well, that's great. You know, I hope that works out. Like, but you're all by yourself? Like, where are you, stay, where are you staying when you go? We don't know. What do you, well, make sure you pack everything you need. Well, we're not allowed to take anything. Well, well, fine. I mean, you got enough money to buy what you need. We're not allowed to take any money. I'm like, what kind of cult are you in, right? Like, what are we doing here? Don't take your staff. Don't take a bag. Don't take any bread. Don't take any money. Don't take an extra shirt. Like, don't take anything with you. It's the personal security challenge. It's the challenge that says, hey, I want you to believe in me and I want you to trust me. And there are going to be situations that you're in that you're not going to know how it's going to turn out, what's going to happen. And I might even strip away every bit of thing that you normally lean on. And we lean on some things, right? Some of you, the biggest thing you lean on is somebody who's sitting right beside you right now, right? And they'll say, I'm going to take them out of this situation, and you're not going to have them to lean on, right? And, and maybe even take away some other things. We have this thing nowadays, it's really difficult. You ever walk out of the house and you forgot your phone, you know? And you're like, what am I going to do, Right? I'm just going to strip away anything that you normally depend on or lean on and put you in a situation. It's actually why I love short-term mission trips. Have you ever been on a short-term mission trip? I heard Rodney just mention one, right? That you could go to the Amazon. Like, you're like, I could never do that. You know why that's scary for a lot of people? 
well, I'm going to go to some place where I don't know anybody. I don't know anything. I can't speak the language. I'm going to be put in, in just an uncomfortable situation where I feel very unsure, very insecure. You know, I don't feel safe. And I don't mean don't feel safe in a scary, like somebody's going to, you know, shoot me kind of way. I mean, like, unsafe, like I don't have the things that I normally have. And I love those because you know what happens to you when you get in those? You, you pray way more. You depend on him way more. You start saying, okay, Lord, I don't know what's going on here. I don't even know if I can get through the airport, right? And so it's, it's being insecure. My question to you this morning is I want you to know God will put you in those situations. He's like, you say you believe in me. You say you trust me. Well, I want you to be in a situation where I can challenge you in this security issue. I want to challenge you in a way that you feel insecure. Will you still do what I'm asking you to do if, if you don't have everything lined up? Because a lot of us, we won't. We say we believe in Jesus, but what we do is we go like, well, Jesus, is so, as long as all this other's lined up, right? As long as I feel safe and secure and everything is uh, good then I'll do that thing but if there's if it looks like I might fail or that I might you know that things might fall apart or that I might not succeed in it like I to venture out and do something dangerous or or scary for me to talk to someone about Jesus to take on some project see this was a mission project he said I want you to go do this thing and, and he says to you, I want you to go do this thing. I want you to step out of your comfort zone. And maybe in a church, your comfort zone is, is sitting in a pew. In fact, let's just do a little experiment with a show of hands. How many of you are sitting pretty close to where you always sit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so who's risking it this morning? Who's sitting somewhere? Jamie, what are you doing? Like, why are you? You're supposed to be over there. What are you doing? You're just, you're just going a little nuts on it. Who else? Anybody else sit? Frank, why are y'all in the back row? Have y'all got to get somewhere this morning? That's what it is. Okay. Because they're usually up front. Okay. All right. They got to go somewhere. Anybody else? You're not sitting where you normally sit. You're, where, are you, where do you, you, you? I don't even know who you are. Oh, you're usually in Chicago. Well, I will tell you, it is way more comfortable here than it is in Chicago. Yes, yes. I was like, I don't know who that... Will you allow the Lord... See, we're so comfortable. We'll come into church. It's not just that we want to sit in a pew. We want to sit in our pew, in our spot. You see how difficult it is then if the Lord says, I want you to go and do this other thing. Well, if I do this other thing, even on a Sunday, if I do some other thing, then I can't sit in my pew in my spot. 
Will you accept the personal security challenge? I'm just going to tell you that if you follow Jesus, there will be some point. I'm not saying it happens all the time, but there'll be a a point where he gathers his disciples and he goes, I'm going to send you to do this project. Will you do it? All right, the second one is the personal ability challenge. Again in chapter 9, it says in verse 10, when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done, and then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we're in a remote place here. He replied, You give them something to eat. And they answered, We have only five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. The personal ability challenge. They're in a situation... Now note, as I'm sharing these things with you, I want you to note, they're all in Luke chapter 9. They're all hitting one right after another. And, 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 and Luke's telling this story this way for a reason. He wants you to know that Jesus will challenge you. You want to follow him? He'll challenge you. The security challenge is followed by this. Now they're back together. They've gathered together. And he starts healing people. And so people start showing up. You can imagine the masses of people that would show up, you know, as he's healing. And, and so people are, you know, coming, bringing their sick, their loved ones. Some are just coming just to watch. You know, they're all doing this thing, right? And they're all showing up. And then he says, listen, it's getting late in the day. These people are hungry. Go feed them. Like, feed them? I mean, look, let's just consider this right. I mean, this, this is not even that. I mean, this isn't even close to as big as a crowd. What if somebody said to you right now, hey, you're responsible for lunch today okay you take care of lunch that'd be tough wouldn't it <laughs> going like what like i've either got to y'all just he's gonna be fine he's gonna be fine all right thank y'all for helping all right so he's saying to you like what if what if i said to you you're responsible for lunch Now, that's two things. One, I'm like, I don't know if my pocketbook can handle that. I told y'all a story about a week ago about how I ended up in Birmingham. I thought I was going to feed three people, and I ended up paying for eight. That's what kids will do for you, right? If I'm looking at this crowd, I'm I'm thinking like, we're about to have hot dogs. Like that's, I mean, like, you know, the mass feeding, right? Like, let's just go buy as many buns and weenies as we can, you know, and we're about to have hot dogs, right? What, what are you able to do? Like, what can you functionally do? And, and he's asking them to do something. This isn't a challenge of do I believe, am I a little scared? This is literally a challenge that I cannot do. This was I cannot feed all these people i do not have the resources to handle this situation and yet jesus looked at them and said you handle it well what about that one how do i deal with that one how do i deal with the situation you know there's this little thing that goes around and it's just not true there's this little thing that goes around where people say you know god will not give you more than you can handle yes he will yes he will 
He'll literally look you in the face and go, there's 5,000 people. You feed them. You're like, what kind of question is that? You're in a situation, you've got things going on, you've got something out there, and you go like, God, I can't handle this. This is too much. What do I do? And he says, you handle it. Now, we know the end of the story is that the Lord, he's just testing them. He wants to see how they'll react. He wants to see if they'll be obedient each stage of the way. Like, is that when you throw up your hands and you walk away? Because that's what some people do. Because, you know, when I read the, the detailed story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, I know that at a certain point they start going, well, we got this one lunch, and they start going, he says, tell everybody to sit down in groups. And he, they group them together. They start being obedient. And then he gives them a little bit of food and says, feed them, and they have to take it up. Like, there's all these steps in the process, but I know the initial step is like, you, you do it. Will you follow the Lord when he's asking you to do something and deal with something that you're incapable of? And it happens to us, Lord, I can't handle this. But I know you can handle it. And I know you wouldn't have me in this situation if I didn't need to be here. Now, look, first of all, let's side note, you can put yourself in a situation, all right? We're not talking about those. You can be sinful and disobedient and put yourself in a terrible situation. We're talking about the situation when you're following God, you're trying to do the right thing, but all of a sudden, now, what do I do? I'm in over my head. Can you in that moment, some of you are in one of those moments right now, you're in a moment and you are in something going on in your life. You are in over your head. Can you trust Him? Follow him. I'll tell you something that's beautiful. Every time you see a miracle, guess what's preceded the miracle? Read through the Bible. Somebody is in a situation that requires a miracle. Right? Somebody's in a situation that they cannot handle. Will you trust him? Will you follow him? Are you bailing out and running the other way? Third challenge. This challenge is really personal. It's the personal belief challenge. He showed them these things. He's done things. He's proven to you. you you've got all of the scripture that you can look at. You've, you believe in Jesus. You, you look at him and you believe in who he is and what he is. But he asked a very pointed question in Luke 9, verse 18. He says, once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds Say, I am. They replied. Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. Like, who do the crowds say that I am? Who do your parents say that Jesus is? Who do your friends say that Jesus is? Who does your spouse say that Jesus is? Like, who, who do these other people in your life, who do they think Jesus is? Who does the church think Jesus is? Right? And that's a good question. What, what does this church think about Jesus? You know, what are those people that are my friend? What do they think about Jesus? And then Jesus looked at them, each of them individually, and says, okay, that's question number one. Who do they think I am? But here's the more important question. He says in verse 20, but what about you? 
Who do you say I am? What about you? There's a certain point that we can't pass off this belief on other things and other people. You know, well, it was the way I was raised, right? It was the way I was raised. But there came a certain point that it surpassed the way I was raised, and I had to make a decision. Like, okay, I know what your parents believe. Here's my question. Who do you say Jesus is? Okay, I know, all right, your, your spouse is a strong believer. Your grandmother is a strong believer. But who do you say that I am? And, and this is not something you can, you know, ride on somebody else's coattails and, you know, grab hold of them and kind of walk with them through. I was talking to somebody this week and they're a couple and they were a young couple and they're, they're great. She's kind of introverted and he's, he's one of those people that can just walk into a room and talk to anybody. And she said, I love the fact I used to dread going to a party or an event or something like that, and I always, always feel like, and I love that we go now together, and I can just stand in his, you know, shadow, and he's so good at it, and I get to watch and revel in it and be part of it, but I don't like doing all that stuff. So it's like I'm still an introvert, but I'm attached to an extrovert, and I like it way more. I'm like, that's pretty cool that God puts you together and you get to do that. But I'm going to tell you, that's not how you go to heaven, though, right? You can go to a party that way, and that's great, but that's not how you go to heaven. Like, you're not going to get to heaven and somebody asks you, like, what did your Nana believe? And you're going, oh, she was a strong Christian, like, I know that lady loved the Lord. It's not what he's going to ask you, right? There's two questions here. What, what does everybody else think? Now, what do you think? What do you believe? So I also want you to know this. There's a personal belief challenge. It's not about your family. It's not about anybody sitting with you. It's not who you rode here with. It's not any of these other things. It comes down to you and your belief. And it's not about whether that person with you or your family whether they you think they're stronger in their faith or weaker in their faith than you it's not even a comparison game he doesn't say to them well what about you and how how do you measure up in how you stand with me compared to the person next to you they actually tried to do that at one certain point jesus said to one of his disciples and the disciples said well what about him he goes i'm not talking to him you know like a parent, you've all, every parent with more than one kid has, has had this, right? Where your kid comes and goes, what about them? You're like, I'm not talking to them, I'm talking to you. Every parent in this world who has more than one child has said that line. I'm not talking to them, I'm talking to you. Well, that's what Jesus is saying. I'm not talking about you, if you're better than them or worse than them. It's not, it has nothing to do with that. I'm talking about you and me. Who do you say I am? Who am I to you? Now that's a bold question. It's a bold question in any relationship, isn't it? If you sit down with somebody and go, let's talk about us. Let's talk about how you and I feel about each other. Who am I to you? That's a scary question. We don't ask that question very often, do we? 
Who am I to you? You know, you find out where you stand. We had a we had a thing at school the other night, and they were recognizing the seniors, and the seniors got to pick a person in their life who was like a huge influence, and they brought that influencer out with them as they recognized them. And they picked someone in the school, like another teacher or somebody. And and now, just so you don't follow me anywhere nobody picked me don't get all whatever nobody picked me I wasn't the number one influencer in any of those kids lives right but at the end as they came off one of them walked up to me and said hey I just wanted you to know you were my second choice I said, that's exactly what Perlene told me, too. No, i just kidding. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's why it's a dangerous question, isn't it? Right? <laughs> Jesus wants to know, where am I with you? Am I your first choice? Am I the number one in your life? Do you really believe that I am the Lord, the Savior of the world, and I'm your Savior? Not just the Savior of the world. What about me and you? And every person in here, you have to answer that question. It's a personal belief challenge. And then the last challenge is an action challenge. Because a lot of people get caught up in this whole, you know, Christianity, religion, spiritual things. And it's all about belief. But what you believe affects affects what you do you can't just believe something it doesn't exist there's no such thing as a belief that doesn't change or affect your actions it doesn't it doesn't exist that's why we have little sayings like actions speak louder than words and and what we mean by that is you might say that you believe something, but as I watch how you act, then I really know what you believe. So whether a per- if a person says, well, you know, I think this, maybe, maybe even they're saying I love you to someone. Well, you'll know if they love that person, you'll know by how they act. You know, if they follow that up. What do, you, what do you do? If you really believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior, the Lord of your life, that He is number one for you, and that you seek that relationship more than any other because of who He is, because of what He's done for you, because you as a sinner turned to Him, and despite who you are, He loved you anyway, and He took care of the biggest problem in your life. The problem for you. He solved it. And was willing to do that despite the fact that you don't deserve it. And you believe that with all your heart. If you do believe it, then it affects what you do. And so, as he continues in this process of talking to them, he said to them in verse 22, the Son of Man, which is the way he always referred to himself, or a lot of times did, the Son of Man must suffer many things 
and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. That's tough, right, for them to hear. They're going to kill me, but I'm going to be resurrected. The killing part they could believe. They couldn't wrap their heads around the raising to life part, right? But he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. He says, like, if you want to be my disciple, if you've decided of who I am and you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, right? and, and that's the way I word it all the time. People go like, what, what do you believe? What do you? I always say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Like, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Like, I believe in who he is. And I don't, I don't even, the, the word Christian has become so distorted in our culture of what people think. Because, you know, it's just a belief. It's just a thing. No, 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 no. I'm an actual follower of Jesus Christ. Like, I'm actually doing something is what I'm trying to say. I don't just believe it. I truly believe it in a way that it's affecting my life. It's not just, Right? And so he, says, I, so he says, if you want to be my disciple, that's great. But you have to deny yourself and take up your cross every day and follow me. You have to decide every day over and over. You, you decide to follow Jesus every day. You made a decision, a big decision. Some of you made the decision in that personal belief challenge, and you've decided that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and you're going to follow him, and you made that decision. But what Jesus is saying is, that's great, you made that decision. You were 7 years old, you were 15, you were 25, however old you were, you made that decision. But to be a follower, you have to decide every single day to follow him. We make that decision over and over and over again. There are certain things that we're very intentional about in our lives. And we make those decisions every day. Every day. You know, somebody makes a decision and they get married. That's a decision. But to be in a good marriage, a husband and wife, you know what they have to do? They have to make a decision every day. Every day they make a decision. Because if you just made a decision how many ever years ago? Things erode. Things don't, whatever. If you're not making a decision every day. Now we know that, right? We know that. There's some kids this, you know, spring, they're going to make a decision. They're going to decide to go off to college somewhere, right? I'm going to go to college. And, and if you've been a parent in this situation, you know, that's great. They've made their decision. They've chosen where they're going. But I'm trying to tell my kid, well, guess what? You have to make a decision every day while you're there or you'll be back home. 
know, what do you got to do? Well, you have to go to sleep. And then you have to get up and guess where else you have to go? Where? Class. You have to go to class. And then guess what you have to do? You have to study. You may have been smart enough you didn't have to study in high school, but you're going to have to study, right? You, you have to go to bed. You're going to have to eat. You're going to have to eat. Your mama's not going to be there to feed you. She would like to be. But she's not going to be there. So you have to eat. You have to take care of yourself. You have to sleep. You have to get up. You have to go to class. You have to study. And you have to do your stuff. And you can have fun. And you can go be with your friends. And you can do stuff. But you have to do those things. Or in, the, in a semester, you will be back home. That's what will happen. Right? Because you made a decision, but you didn't make the everyday decision. So I just want you to understand that a follower of Jesus Christ makes everyday decisions. It's the action challenge. So Jesus said to them, are you going to decide to follow me every day? And every day you'll do those things. Now I don't know where you're at on this journey, but I wanted to offer to you or give to you a challenge today. Because every one of us have the decision to make to follow Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And every one of us who've made that decision have the decision to make if we'll follow Him every day. And every one of us will be faced from time to time with the decision to venture out into a project that He assigns to us where there's no rails. And it's scary. And every one of us will from time to time face something that we have no capability to handle. And we have to trust Him. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Would you like to be? I would love for you to be. And the good news is, what we tell you all the time, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're at. You just have to decide to follow Him. It matters what direction you're going. It doesn't matter where you're at. It matters what direction you're going. It doesn't matter who you are. You can come to Jesus just where you are. Just as you are, you can come to Him. Because He doesn't ask you, who are you? He never asked that question. He knows who you are. It doesn't matter. He loves you just the way you are. His only question is, do you know who I am? That's all that matters. So you can come just as you are. And that's our invitation to you today. And I'm going to be down front. And I'm going to be here after the service, after this song. But we're going to stand together right now and we're going to sing. And I want to ask you to join with me as we sing Come Just As You Are. Let me pray for you. Dear Lord, I thank you for who you are. And I'm thankful that it doesn't matter who I am. But it matters who you are. And Lord, I, I pray that in this room today, there's someone who says, I'm ready to follow Jesus. Whether that's their first lifetime decision on that, or whether it's a decision to follow you every day, or whether it's the decision to follow you through what they're facing right now, or what you're challenging them with right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.